Welcome to Running on Ice, the coolest community in freight. I'm your host, Mary O'Connell, bringing you the latest tech updates, warehouse news, and everything happening in the cold chain world. Not only is there the coolest show in freight, there's also a newsletter that comes out on Wednesdays and Fridays. You can subscribe on freightwaves.com slash running on ice. Before we get into our guest interview, let's get into some headlines. Netherlands-based New Cold, which designs, owns, and operates automated warehouses that food giants like ConAgra and McCain Foods use for their cold storage supply chains, relocated its Chicago office to 500 West Madison in 2021. It's since grown there to be to around 75 on-site employees, which is expected to grow to over 200 over the next two years. Chicago was chosen as the home for the city's large pool of technology, SEVI, talent, and they are skilled in logistics as well as the city's large base of food business. International Food Solutions, a Florida-based company with Cleveland ties, plans on redeveloping a vacant building on the corner of East 55th Street and Central Avenue. The building used to be occupied by Goodwill Industries of Greater Cleveland, International Food Solutions, a company that sells pre-made meals to school cafeterias, is planning on opening a new poultry processing plant in Cleveland and has won a $9.6 million grant from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. The global food and beverage cold chain logistics market is forecasted to forecasted to grow over $8 million during 2022 to 2027. According to a study by Infinity Research Limited, this study identifies the use of fuel cell-based forklifts in refrigerated warehousing to increase, increase productivity and save space as one of the prime reasons driving the food and beverage cold chain logistics market growth during the next few years. Also, the rising popularity of blockchain technology to improve traceability in cold chains and the use of IoT with cold chain logistics will will lead to a sizable demand in the market. Today, we are joined by Todd Ziegler, founder and CEO of TrackCoinSwap. Welcome to Running on Ice, Todd. Thanks for having me on, Mary. So um, this is, we're kind of going in a little different direction today. We're kind of going more towards the, um, the freight factoring and everything like that. It's a problem that everybody's kind of having. Um, so we have, I like to call you an expert here to talk about it. Why don't you give us a brief rundown of your background um, and then just kind of how TruckCoinSwap got started. Yeah, happy to do that. Uh, it's it's an exciting time because uh, the blockchain is, is formally meeting the supply chain. Uh, but in terms of my background, uh, I'm a recovering lawyer by education. Uh, and I've been working or, you know, prior to, to founding TruckCoinSwap, I'd been working in the uh, 3PL sector and full truckload for about a decade, um, primarily in roles where I was working with uh, fortune companies, helping them source capacity, work through procurement events, et cetera. And uh, that's when I first learned about this trade finance problem, this systemic trade finance problem that we have in the transportation industry. And uh, that's ultimately what led to the creation of TruckCoinSwap. Okay, I like it. I like it. And that's, um, you know, it's generally like factoring is a nightmare for everybody. Um, And I think I've learned that, um, I think I've learned that it's a good freight factoring company if somebody says they're not that bad you know, like they're not that bad. And like, if that's like the sign of approval, I think we have a problem. Um, so, uh, invoice settlement is pretty much 
as someone that was a former auditor of invoices, it's a nightmare. Um, it's one of the worst problems in freight. Why do you think it's such a massive issue for everyone just to pay a carrier to do a service for them? Yeah, well, the, so the primary issues are both around costs and and time, right? So the best way I think to frame the issues are we have these two silent taxes in the supply chain in the United States. One of them is directly correlated with invoice factoring, and the other one is correlated with inflation. And right now we've got about 1 million or perhaps over 1 million U.S. trucking companies uh, that are factoring 100% of their invoices and about 60% of third-party logistics companies are also now factoring 100% of their invoices. Um, trucking companies are typically paying 3 to 4% of gross on every receivable. Sometimes that doesn't sound that bad, but when you do the math, these are 25 to 35% annualized interest rates. Um, and oftentimes, because trucking companies are working on pretty narrow margins, especially in soft markets like the one that we're in right now, oftentimes they're losing up to 90% of their net revenue uh, dealing with those interest rates and those costs. Um, you know, 3PLs are, are also kind of getting raked too. Um, typically for, for 3PLs, they're paying 1% of gross in a factoring agreement. Um, 1% also doesn't sound that bad, but you have to break down the math. Um, so if it's a $10,000 freight invoice and the commission uh, to the 3PL is $300, uh, but for example, the net revenue on that transaction to the 3PL is only about $200. You've got, you know, 33% of, of the total gross costs and 50% of the net revenue getting eaten up by those factoring costs. And ultimately, you know, what this does is it requires an increase in, in freight rates to be able to support all of these additional costs and charges and ultimately, that makes the cost of goods more expensive, not just for transportation companies, but also for consumers and households. And I think in the November election, uh, the cost of goods and inflation was the number one issue on the ballot. So not only is this a major problem in our industry right now, uh, but you know it's it's arguably becoming a, a national security crisis if if inflation rates continue to to kick up. I mean, it's one of those where it's like. It's one thing, I think everyone has kind of just started seeing how much the supply chain impacts everybody because for the most part, if you were to talk to anybody, like if I were to walk into a bar, no one would be talking about supply chain availability or like things missing or things being out of stock aside from like, I don't know, maybe like the new Air Jordans or something if people still line up outside of Foot Locker for that. Um, but the thing I think that it kind of shocked me is I would walk in and people be like, oh yeah, like now there's a shortage of this. Now there's a shortage of that. And I'm like, when did other people start caring about this? And suddenly anyone at a bar stool was a supply chain expert and they would tell me everything that was wrong with transportation. And I was like, I love where your head's at, but no. <laughs> and so that's where you could kind of look at them and go like, do you actually want the answer or do you just want to speculate that you know, there's no, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so I think it's, I think it's interesting that now uh, the supply chain world's in the position where, you know, everyone has to, like, everyone knows about it. All eyes are on it. When in the past, 
you know, you didn't really hear about your supply chain unless something was broken. But now so many things have been stressed and broken and demand, like we keep hitting weird demand cycles. So it's just one of those where it's like, all of a sudden, everybody cares. And they're seeing how when things are affected throughout the supply chain, it ends up being more expensive for everybody. So it's kind of, I want to say win-win, but it's more of like a lose-lose because like it's a win that more people are learning about and educating themselves about logistics and supply chain and everything like that. But also like it's a lose-lose because shippers are losing money from uh, different outages or lost sales. Carriers are losing money because the freight rates aren't as high. It's just kind of like a, uh, I don't know. It's just not great. Yeah, and most people are in the industry are familiar with this uh, this statistic that you know ninety percent of the full truckload spot freight that moves in our country every day is moving on the backs of one million small trucking companies. And there's that famous quote. Um, I think it was like a French philosopher or something that said that you know um, even established economies and established countries are only three days away from anarchy. Right? If if people can't get to grocery stores and, and buy food. And I think we all got a little bit of a taste of that during COVID, uh, walking into stores and seeing shelves empty. And then we got another taste of it last year during the uh, the baby formula shortage. Uh, so yeah, the supply chain is is important. Um, everybody's attention is is on it now. And uh, we're, we're working to uh, help reduce costs uh, to the benefit of, of everybody involved. So speaking of those uh, reducing costs, uh, Truckwain Swap just made history by settling the first freight freight or blah, 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 settling the first freight invoice on the blockchain. Uh, what can you guys tell us about that first transaction? Yeah, we did, and we made uh, blockchain and, and Web three history doing that. I think the press release went out about three weeks ago, and uh, Governor Gordon from Wyoming was nice enough to to throw us a quote for the press release because we're a we're a Wyoming company that's based right outside of the University of Wyoming. Uh, but that transaction was with one of Truckcoin Swap's customers. Uh, it's a carrier by the name of Bulldog Industrial uh, based in New Jersey. And um, the owner of that company, uh, Vinny, um, he really uh, he was definitely not uh, native to cryptocurrency or, or blockchain or digital assets. Um but he was able to manage the transaction in, in a matter of a couple minutes. Um, he was able to uh, basically take his, his freight invoice, upload it into our proprietary mobile and web app, and he got his cash in about three days. Um, and he was... That is a, insane. That is an insane yeah, and most, turnaround. Yeah. Most importantly, um, you know, the truck coin swap settlement platform is free. Uh, we didn't charge Vinny anything for the service because we don't need to. Um, and the exchange that we transacted on, I think, had a fee of a dollar and ten cents. So to put that in context, if that was a ten thousand dollar invoice at the normal three to four percent charge with a factoring company, that transaction would have cost Vinny three to four hundred dollars, and he probably wouldn't have gotten his cash for about ten business days. Um, doing that same transaction with truck coin swap, he could do it for about 10 bucks, get his, uh, cash in about three business days, and then be able to move on to the next transaction. So, or, 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 or get the next load. Right. So, um, it is an infinitely superior payment platform than what we have right now. 
Um, you know, invoice factoring has kind of been a necessary evil in, in the industry for decades because there simply was not any other alternative. Um, if, you know, you're on shipper pay terms that aren't good, uh, 30 to 180 days, um, invoice factoring is the only way to get your money in 10 days um, until, you know, we created a, a solution using, you know, blockchain and, and Web3 tech. So it's a really exciting time um, watching both of these industries converge uh, around the solution that's been created in, in freight invoice settlement. I think that if, I mean, ideally, the root solution would just be to have shippers that don't have 180 day invoice uh, payment options. But uh, I think that uh, the whole world might freeze before that happens, um, because I know quite a few shippers that uh, operate on that. And that's great if you're a mega carrier that does billions of dollars, you can you can float that. But if you're John's trucking where, you know, every dollar does matter, if I can save almost $200 off of one transaction alone, like, that's really, that's, that's some massive cost savings that, you know, I could potentially change the entire course of my business, make me be more sex successful and potentially even like buy another truck and have two trucks instead of one, anything like that, that all those like, that seems like a lot, but it's just like the little steps that you take to just be a little bit better every day. Well, it's, it's funny you made that point because uh, Vinny, the, the owner of Bulldog Trucking, they're a two-truck operation in New Jersey. And uh, he, he crunched the numbers and figured out that, you know, using the truck point swap platform, he could probably save about $40,000 a year in net revenue, about $20,000 per truck. It's a little bit lower because his trucks are doing short run. They're not long haul operations. Um, and that's exactly what he said. He said, you know, if, if we were able to recapture 40000 in net revenue in 2023, we could buy another truck, we could get another driver, you know, we could grow our business by 33%. Um, so it's, it's, it's pretty exciting to, to watch all of those things happen in real time. That is pretty game changing because... I mean, not that just because there's so many there's so many carriers and drivers out there that are so hesitant to accept and, you know, adapt new technology. So I think the fact that you guys have really lowered those barriers for them just to get involved, like, yeah, they might have to download another app, but they're not getting charged a monthly maintenance fee. Um, They don't doesn't come with like a thousand dollar a year subscription. Like it's just something nice and easy that it's literally just like, just just try it. What's the worst that could happen? you get paid faster and you, you get paid more. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the, the apps are free. Uh, the platform is free and they also don't have to sign, you know, some egregious 30 page draconian, you know, factoring agreement uh, just to be able to access the service. Right. Uh, it's, it's all pretty straightforward. Um, I kind of like that. But the biggest thing, I guess, is like, why does this solution matter so much to truckers, carriers and three pills and uh, in the temperature controlled sector? Like I know we talked on it, talked on it. If one carrier can save forty thousand dollars a year, if and that's a pretty small carrier, is it just because that sheer cost savings that could then in turn, you know, propel a business forward? Is that the real like motivation behind this um, and the real keys to that success? It really is the the cost savings is the value proposition, and ultimately, you know, as a company at Truck Coin Swap, we also hope that 
in the aggregate, uh, the more companies that adopt, maybe we can actually put a little bit of downward pressure on freight rates, right? Because the trucking companies don't need um, much higher rates to be able to operate at something that resembles profitability. Um, and that would have a, a, a really fantastic impact on, you know, putting some downward pressure on inflation when, you know, goods make it to market to, for, for consumers and households. Um, and one really important thing, too, about the platform is, you know, because a lot of people you hear blockchain, Web3, it, it sounds complex. Our model is identical to what the factoring companies are doing now. We have our own proprietary mobile and web app. You deliver a load, you take a picture of your POD, you upload it, and that starts the process. The only difference uh, with our platform is we've added one step at the end, and that step takes about two to three minutes. Um, and, and anybody can, you know, Vinny, like I said, was was not in any way crypto native, and, and he was able to work through it with no problem on, on the first transaction. And another important point here is, the entire business and, and revenue model for the platform is helping transportation companies if, if, if you know, they're, they're cold chain or not, um, 3PLs, if they're moving reefer freight or not. It's helping them get to liquidity at the lowest cost in the fastest amount of time. So um, while we're settling them in a, uh, in a digital asset, a Polygon token, they're only holding that token for about two to three minutes. And we've built it that way because we didn't want anybody in the freight industry, in the transportation industry, to be subjected to crypto volatility. So we understand these folks are, are not digital asset investors. They're not engaged in arbitrage or anything like that. They just want to get back to U.S. dollars as quickly as possible at the lowest price possible. So that's how we've built the platform. Okay, I like that because, I mean, that was going to be my next question is how do you kind of prevent that volatility? But if they're really only holding on to it for a couple minutes, there's not a lot of potential loss that could happen there. I mean, I know that the crypto markets do vary day to day, week to week, but minute to minute is not usually that uh, aggressive of a change, you know? <laughs> right. And, and an interesting thing is, too, you know, uh, a lot of uh, crypto exchanges already have crypto debit cards on the market. For example, Coinbase has one. We expect at some point this year we're going to see these exchanges come out with crypto fuel cards where if you're holding Bitcoin or Ethereum or TCS token, you could literally go to a truck stop and spend digital assets directly off that card that's that's linked to your to your business wallet. So if we see that happen, that last step in the process will will actually be eliminated. Um, so that's another way that you know we can avoid any volatility. And I'll just add too, I, you know, the figure that it's coming out of Washington right now is that you know the country is dealing with something like twelve percent annualized inflation. Um, most economists and experts think that the number is much higher than that, but but even at twelve percent, that's one percent a month. So just like we wouldn't suggest uh, transportation companies, drivers, three PL sit in any digital assets, I mean we also wouldn't suggest that they sit in U.S. dollars for too long. Um, it's it's just not a good idea when you know there's there's volatility in currencies and and volatility in these digital assets. I mean, if someone found a way to just remove all volatility from all different forms of currency, that'd be great. But I don't think that's the world that we live in. 
Um, but to those who are kind of skeptical, because I mean, we've brought up some of the um, the typical like crypto talk and anyone who's just like, oh, I'm not going to do that. It's too complex. It's, you know, it's just weird. We don't like it. Um, or they're just like suspicious of it. Um, what are kind of some of those, those thoughts that some of those skeptics, some of those skeptics might be able to work through um, and kind of get some of that adoption to some of those that are hesitant? Yeah, and this kind of goes back to the value proposition a little bit. So if if you're in long haul trucking and you're factoring, those costs are, are averaging about thirty thousand per year in net revenue uh, for every truck. Um, that is kind of an insane business model. Uh, unfortunately, that's all we've had until now. Uh, so the value proposition is very much there for you if you're not factoring your invoices because you're a company that's at scale. Uh, but you're waiting 60 days or more to get paid directly by shippers, then inflation costs are eroding the value of, of your invoices. Uh, if you're waiting 90 days to get paid, you're losing 3%. Uh, you're losing somewhere in the ballpark of 30000 per year in net revenue on every truck. So the question in, in my mind isn't whether to adopt. Uh, the question for carriers is how long do they want to continue getting killed by factoring and inflation costs? especially in a soft market like this, where the financial hardship is, is already very painful. We have this famous uh, saying in the legal profession, right, that judges only want to hear from judges. I think it's the same in transportation where truckers want to hear from truckers. And when other truckers start talking about uh, the, the savings and, and the cost benefit and the value proposition, we think we're going to see widespread adoption. I mean, that'd be great. I think we've seen it with some of the other um, applications that nece aren't necessarily related to this. We've seen it with other common fuel cards is that if you get a couple of the truck influencers to adopt it, then it kind of trickles down and pretty much you got to get, it's like when you got to get into the club, you got to get like the sign off of like somebody to like get in, so like the, not the club, but like the super secret party, you got to get like on the list. So I like it. I think it's going to be great. I personally am for anything that's going to get people paid faster and make them be more profitable because you shouldn't be like, you should be paid for your services in a timely manner. You shouldn't have to fight for 30, 60, 90 days to um, try to just get paid for one shipment. You should be able to get paid pretty reasonably. Like we don't wait three months for our paychecks. So why would we expect anyone else to do that? So I personally cannot wait to see what happens. I am all for the fuel card. I'm just excited to see if this can actually put pressure on some of the factoring companies as well to improve some of their terms as well, because they stand to lose a lot of money walking out the door if, you know, they're not making those, those, that high percentage off each transaction anymore. So I think it's just going to be 2023 shaping up to be quite a spicy year. I'm pretty excited for it. It should be exciting. And a, a lot of people uh, who aren't familiar with crypto, they're reading the headlines and they're kind of hearing about the fraud and the nonsense. But the, you know, the industry is supposed to be based on the underlying tech, right? Blockchain and Web3 technology. It's supposed to uh, improve payment rails, make everybody's quality of life better. Um, so this is the type of use case that uh, the crypto industry needs to rally around. And, and I agree, it would be great to see more of these types of solutions, not just in the transportation industry, but in all industries. And, and I think we, we are going to start to see that. I hope so. Um, so we are almost out of time. And this is something new that we usually do on the show check call, but we're bringing it to running on ice because it's fan favorite. And so that is you have to answer 
a very important question. Um, and is cereal a soup? <laughs> um, I would say it, it depends. Uh, okay. there's maybe two key variables there, right? Uh, is the cereal in milk? And if so, how long has the cereal been in milk? So uh, maybe like the four minute mark, okay. um, I would, I right. would say soup. Yeah. I don't know that I really make my cereal sit for four minutes. Like usually it's gone, but to each his own. Some people like some less cr crunchy cereal. I can't shame them. Well, for that. and sometimes it's like you pour the milk, you sit down and your phone rings or something. And then, you know, mm -hmm. you're, you're coming back to soup. So yeah, it's a problem. I don't know if blockchain can solve it, uh, but you know, <laughs> we'll work on it. All right. I expect to, I expect to have an answer by the end of the year of if, uh, if blockchain can keep my cereal crispy as it sits in milk for a while. Yeah. We'll, we'll run that up the flagpole at truck. <laughs> So if anyone wants to contact you outside the show, uh, where can they find you? Yeah, uh, they can find us at truckcoinswap.com. Uh, we, we actually just launched a, uh, our, our own podcast with uh, a guy who runs a seven truck fleet from a truck stop in New Jersey. He's our host. Uh, so all the contents there, all the information is there. And uh, certainly we, we love Carriers 3PLs, anybody else who's interested uh, to reach out to us. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Mary. I appreciate it. You can catch other episodes of Running on Ice on FreightWaves.com, uh, YouTube, or anywhere else you get your podcasts like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Need more Running on Ice news? Subscribe to the newsletter on FreightWaves.com slash Running on Ice. See you on the internet.